Hi, and welcome to Elevate Potential. I'm so glad that you're here. This is a podcast that is designed to help you escape patterns, embrace passion, and elevate potential. My name is Elizabeth Perry, and as a lifelong student of psychology, personal development, and human potential, as well as a transpersonal life and leadership coach, I will be your guide as together we learn from others who are on this journey. Let's dive in. So these little things and these practices give you your self-love because you know you're showing up for yourself every day and it's easier to be kinder to yourself when you show up for yourself. In this episode, I chat with founder and CEO of Conscious Basket, Samantha McCord, about how she quit her high-paying job, moved countries, got engaged, and started a business all in one year. Her journey of overcoming comparisonitis and learning about how to start to heal her attachment style and past trauma in order to call in her partner and purpose is one that is definitely worth listening to. So let's dive in. All right, good morning. Today we are talking with Samantha and we have worked together in sales at a publicly traded tech company where we spent our days basically trying to get CFOs to sign checks. (laughs) Um, And Sam was just always the most spunky and funny person in the office. But more importantly, I really admired her just given my unique background, jumping into corporate America. It was really great to be able to talk with her about our childhoods and some of the unique differences of our backgrounds. And it really led to me feeling a sense of belonging at this place that we work together. So when I saw that Sam had just like quit her job, got engaged, moved to Amsterdam, I was like, okay, I have to know what led to this big jump? Because oftentimes we see these people who, it seems like an overnight success, but once you learn more about the story, you hear that, hey, this was brewing for a while. So I am so excited to hear about the journey that Sam went on of deep healing and soul searching to make so many big leaps in a year where many of us were facing so much uncertainty. So welcome to the show, Sam. I can't say more about you, but excited to just dive a little bit more into your story. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So 2020, you took so many big leaps, like (laughs) the the amount of big leaps that you took. I think that, you know, some people just dream of taking one of them in their lifetime. So I'd love for you to just walk us through the story of how you got to where you are today. Yeah. I mean, this year, just to recap what happened, 2020, we started this work from home situation at the company that Elizabeth and I used to work for. And I had this new sense of freedom. So I ended up quarantining in Canada with my now fiance because the borders, he lives in Amsterdam. I was living in Los Angeles and the borders closed between Europe and the US. And I was like, oh my gosh, you've got to get on a plane right now. Get to LA, get on the plane. I'm like having all my friends call him in the middle of the night and come to find out he's like everything's gonna be fine like don't worry about it and then I got the call that we were going to be work from home and I knew something was going to happen because there was like a Sunday afternoon like call that we were going to have. We never have meetings on Sundays. So I was like, if this happens, we need to meet somewhere. And I'm like being all like, yeah, we're going to go and quarantine in another country. So we picked Canada. And then when it actually happened, I'm freaking out. And he's like, I'm getting on a plane. I'm going to be in Canada. Would be nice if you met me there. And I was like, okay, I'm going to come. I'm going to another country to quarantine during global (laughs) pandemic that hasn't happened since the Spanish flu. This sounds like a great idea. Ended up flying there and we spent 
three months in Canada. We spent, then we found out that you could fly into the U.S. depending on where you came from. So the U.S. to Canada over plane was still available. So we then moved to L.A. for a month. And during this time, we had always known, obviously, we wanted to be together forever, but we then came up with a business plan, a way to come to Amsterdam. There's a actually a treaty between the U.S. and Amsterdam called the DAF the Dutch American Friendship Treaty, which allows entrepreneurs to come and start a business in Amsterdam because the Dutch have a huge, huge melting pot of what's called ex, they, in Europe, they call them expats. It's not a legal alien, which I think is so offensive. Yeah. So expats coming in, just basically exploding the tech space and really anything that you want to do. So we decided to do that. And we came up with this whole plan. Then I moved to Europe without the company knowing, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I don't get anyone in trouble by doing this. So I'm basically, <laughs> yeah, don't listen this year. I've been in Canada, US, uh, also all over Europe. So when August hit, I had packed uh, up my entire apartment my whole life during the pandemic and moved to Europe, ended up working LA hours in Amsterdam. So for those of you who don't know, that's actually nine hours ahead. So I'm starting work at like 5 p.m. and ending at like 3, 4, 4 a.m. You know that your day never ends at five o'clock. So working all through the night and I'm like thinking to myself like, okay, I've got to get this big check and then I'm out of here, right? So of course, like everything in life it gets postponed 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 because it's a big deal and like i'm just like okay i've got to hold on and then i ended up buying a house i needed that to close before i could quit and so finally december 4th everything came together it was almost a year to the money to the money, does that even make sense? A year to the <laughs> time, whatever, that I decided that I was going to start this business, move to Europe. I wanted to get married to the man of my dream. So we did everything we could to make this thing happen. So like you said, it wasn't an overnight success and there was a lot, a lot of stuff that we had to go through to get here. But to date now, we live in Amsterdam. I started this company called Conscious Basket, which is a transparent supply chain, two-sided marketplace, which we'll get into in a little bit. We're engaged and I'm basically quarantining again in Europe because the, also for those of you in the US who are complaining about your masks, you should stop now because there's an 8 or 9 p.m. curfew in Amsterdam. Everything's closed. You can literally get food delivered or go to the grocery store. And in France, which I'm in Paris right now because my fiance had some work, the curfew is 6 p.m. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So everything's in lockdown. So it hasn't been the most exciting, but it's the universe's way of giving me the opportunity to stay focused on the business. So it's been very nice to have the focus. Yeah. yeah, That was 2020, very short nutshell. In a nutshell. Well, there's so much for us to unpack there. I want to start quickly. Just how long were you with the company that you ended up leaving? And what led to just the immense amount of courage that it took for you to make that leap? Because I know that you were with that company for a long time. Yeah, I was with the company for six years. I quit one month before my six year anniversary. I did very well at the company. I was making a good amount of money. My last year there, I was making, you know, half a million dollars. So for me to quit, like you said, it did take some courage. It came from lots of different areas. There was, I have a really wonderful support system. I'd have to say my fiance is my biggest champion. He really pushes me to expand and 
you know, grow. Uh, I think I would think that for myself, you know, it all begins internally. And what gave me the fortitude to do it was I think when I first started going to Tony Robbins events. Yeah. <laughs> so I started with Unleash the Power Within. And then that December, I went to date with Destiny. Um, so that was a year ago, December 2019. And that's when I came up with the plan of Conscious Basket, which it wasn't Conscious Basket at the time. It was something completely different. So it's pivoted a few times to move to Europe and basically release myself from, you know, like we talk about the golden handcuffs because I was not fulfilled anymore. I, if I had to listen to myself talk about payroll for one more day, I probably would have punched myself in the face. <laughs> so it just felt like, you know, everybody's life has the seasons, right? You have your fall, winter, spring, summer. And I felt like I was reaching winter very quickly and my winters were very long. Mm -hmm. And when you, you know, you go through these cycles and you get another check and then you're like, okay, I'm good. You get that sales crack where you're like, okay, I'm making money and making money, but eventually it just doesn't fulfill you anymore. And I just felt very ready to take that next step. And in true Samantha fashion, let's throw in moving to another country, getting engaged, starting a business and make it much more exciting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're no stranger to bravery. You've always been such a brave person. And that's something that I've always admired about you. When you talk about unleashing the power within, you talk about these this deep work that you've done. I'd love for you to share just some of the patterns that you broke in your life that allowed you to be able to say like, no, I'm not accepting this unfulfilling work anymore, even if it's giving my, me financial abundance because I want more out of life. Tell me about what got you to that point internally. Yeah, I think that it's levels of consciousness in a way. So there's lots of different ways that you as an individual interact with the rest of the world. So my reality and your reality and someone else's reality listening to this is completely different. So as I started to do the work on myself, my I wouldn't say my consciousness elevated because that sounds very arrogant, but I started but realizing let's go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I started realizing there was just much more to the world and a lot more inside of me than just making money and material possessions. And I felt so if we go back in time to like childhood, you know, I you, I go to therapy. I started going to therapy at 19 years old because I had a lot of anger and I was very frustrated with everything. My family, you know, my mother ended up leaving when I was 10. So I had abandonment issues. I have, you know, pretty much been the female presence in my family since I was that age. And so making dinners and cleaning and all that to then getting into my young adulthood and comparing myself to everyone. I had this, I still have a case, a bad case of comparisonitis. It's gotten much better. So I've just been thinking to myself, like stop comparing yourself to someone's day 3000 when you're on day four, you know, your journey is not for you to compare to someone else's journey because they started maybe way before you, or maybe they're on a different path. You know, there's no comparing who you are today and where you will be tomorrow or who you were back in the day. I mean, if I look at 15 year old me or 20 year old me, I kind of like laugh at the girl that I was. I love seeing who that was because it was, it's fun to be who I am today. The work really comes into play with, I would say, talk therapy and then also getting in touch with your spiritual side. So I, as I started to grow into my spiritual side and do more meditation um, for all the witchy stuff out there that I like, I, I love um, like, you know, 
essential oils, body talk, energy work. You know, I started really just getting in touch with my energy centers and chakras in my body and releasing all of that old programming. Mm -hmm. And I started realizing that there's so much more to this world than making money. And I wanted to be my life to leave a legacy for impact. And that's what gave me the real, like, fortitude to do conscious basket. I felt like a sense of purpose. And I felt that this is my role in the world to make a difference. So it all kind of bubbled into itself. It was not one thing. It wasn't like there was a clear path. I feel like it was instead of a bunch of blocks that were layered on one, one another, it was a bowl of spaghetti. It was like a bunch of spaghetti all spiraled into now what I am today. And it's still, I still have, you know, problems with comparing myself to others. I still have, you know, the abandonment issues. I'm aware of them though, is the difference today. So nobody's perfect. I don't want you to think that just because I moved across the country or the world actually and did doing all these things that there's nothing wrong with me. Of course there is. Mm-hmm. Um, but the building on top of and the momentum and the inertia and you know I rolled myself up the hill over time and I always compare it to like I was in the mud when I was younger and like kind of drowning in the mud and you finally climb out and you dry out and you shake off the dirt and then you just have steps after that right so you build and build and build and grow and you own your shit own your shit look back and know like it was it wasn't someone else's fault it's look at what you could have done differently. And I'm very big on self-reflection. Even if let's say my fiance and I get into a fight, like I'm like I'm pissed or whatever, <laughs> you know, there's always something that I could have done differently. And if you take ownership of that, then I think that that's a good place to start also. So many good nuggets of wisdom here. And I feel like the best one was own your shit. <laughs> And in truth, Sam, that's like the best quote ever. I think I'm going to change the name of this episode to own your shit. No, I'm kidding. But my favorite part was you were talking about this comparisonitis. And I think that you just coined that term and I absolutely love it. I can so relate with that feeling of I have got to run because I'm behind everyone else. And I think that when you grow up, you know, with adversity, there's that feeling when you get older of like, I'm constantly having to run faster than everyone else to stay ahead and recognizing, you know, that there, everybody has privilege and everybody has adversity. And when it's, it sounds like you started to focus more on like, okay, well, where is my privilege? Where is my agency in this? I wanted to hear a little bit. You say, I'm still working on this. How do you talk yourself through those moments of, comparisonitis of, hey, I'm behind or moments of scarcity. What do you say to yourself? What goes on inside of your mind? And how do you help yourself get over those humps? I just, I need to know. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm still a work in progress. So don't think that I do this all the time. Mm -hmm. Practice what you preach, right? But I think it's a lot of self-love it's something that I feel like I'm really mean to myself. I'm very hard on myself. I have expectations of things that I would, I'm like, perfection is a lie. I know perfection is a lie, but I am very much like wanted to be perfect. And when something goes wrong, I'm like, ah, I freak, right? <laughs> so I, I do my best to, if I'm being really hard on myself or if, if I'm having like a, a little breakdown, I think to myself, what would you tell 
your best friend? How would you talk to your best friend in this situation? Better yet, how would you talk to like your child, right? So your inner child is coming out when you have those little freakouts and you need to be kind to yourself and work through that and say, hey, even if you really did fuck up pretty bad, you know, like everybody has their fuck ups, right? So you're like, okay, you fucked up. It's okay. Let's take a step here back and reevaluate the situation. Think about, yes, what you could have done differently, 100%, but move on and stop making yourself, beating yourself up about it. I mean, it doesn't do anybody any good when you're having a panic attack, laying on the ground in fetal position. Like what work are you getting done? Nothing. You ruin your whole day because you're feeling so sad and down on yourself. Like not saying that I do that. Just kidding. Totally do. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's totally normal to have those situations, but like be kind to yourself and do your best to know that you are a work in progress too. And, you know, I think that there's something too that when you're doing the work, you know, the self-work that you can also be kinder to yourself because you're showing up every day. And I think that showing up for yourself every day and doing the little things that you need to do, um, like, I don't know, meditations in the morning, doing active, like, you know, yoga or activity in the morning. Um, I like celery juice. Actually, I hate celery juice, but I drink celery juice in the morning. So these little things and these practices give you your self-love because you know you're showing up for yourself every day. And it's easier to be kinder to yourself when you show up for yourself. Yes. Yes. I love that. One of the things that I've been doing in 2021 is just every day doing something that I'm proud of. And I feel like it is so transformed the way that I move throughout my life because every day I'll do one, at least one thing that I'm proud of. So when I go to bed at night, I'm proud of myself. And I feel like, you know, that's kind of what you're saying is when you do these things, when you show up for yourself, you see that you can make the distinction between what I did today, like was like, let's say you make a mistake that, yeah, that mistake. Yeah, it was a mistake. I I fucked up, but (laughs) I am not a fuck up. And I think that is, that's the distinction. It's like not identifying with your mistakes and instead just seeing them as, okay, I messed up. I can do, I could do it different tomorrow. Yeah. And creating those habits, right? Like I think that something that I also struggle with is, um, sometimes I have procrastination issues. Sometimes also I can be very irritable and judgmental. So those are three, we would, I guess we would consider those away from values that I'm working on. Um, so that I am kinder to myself and others. And it's such a higher vibration when you operate from love, gratitude, compassion, because I don't know if you feel like this, Elizabeth, but I feel like when you operate on those other vibrations, you're lowering your aura, you're lowering everything about the energy that you put off. You're not attracting abundance. And at the end of the day, you're making yourself sick. Those lower vibrations literally cause illness. Yeah, definitely. So smile sometimes, guys. <laughs> yes. Wear <laughs> yourself with that smile and that confidence. One of the things that you mentioned is abundance. And I know that earlier in the call, we talked about how like for a lot of your life, you're pursuing purely financial abundance. And when I think about abundance, I've started to redefine my definition in that it's financial, it's love, and it's creativity. When you talk about one of the great things that happened this year is finding your fiance. And so I'd love to hear just like some of the ways that you overcame some of the attachment issues that you shared about in order to find true companionship with your partner. Yeah, I mean, I had 
you know, dated in the past. I had a couple of really long-term relationships. Um, I think that Jonathan, his name's Jonathan, by the way. I don't have to say my fiance every time. Jonathan and I were brought into each other's lives. I don't know how to explain it other than that. Like when we ran into each other, we ran, we met each other at this dive bar in Amsterdam in the red light district. For those of you who don't know, that's where the prostitutes are. I was just getting off my shift. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I went into this bar. It's called Excalibur. It's a biker bar. So there's a bunch of Dutch people in like leather vests and like jeans and assless chaps and stuff. And I'm like, what are we doing here? And I run into Jonathan immediately we walk into the door and he said that when I spoke to him and he looked in my eyes, like he knew something was there. He's like, there was just something about your voice. Like I had known you my whole life. And at that point, I, the point in light of my life I was at then, I was like, no more. I'm not dating anymore. I'm not on the hunt. I am so done. I'm just ready to just be me unapologetically, like loud, obnoxious myself, like, I'm pretty annoying sometimes. <laughs> and when he asked me, he's like, can I buy you a drink? I was like, no. And he was like, why? And I'm like, because that means I need to talk to you the whole night. And he laughed at being French. He's French. So I think that he thought that that meant I was flirting. I'm not sure. But I was really kind of like, no, you know? <laughs> Ever since then, it's been true love. No, I'm just kidding. You know, I think that he does a lot of work on himself. He does, you know, his own talk therapy and, you know, he's constantly doing community service and work. And I've been working on myself for a long time that it ended up being, you know, you attract that into your life. I fully believe that. And that you also attract other partners in your life to teach you lessons. You know, I had... A, every there's a lesson in every relationship. I always talk about like you are the star of your own movie and all the people in your movie are the characters and every single character is there for a scene, a lesson, a, you know, a climax to, you know, whatever is going to happen in your life and understand that every single person is there for a reason to teach you something or to guide you somewhere mm -hmm. and life happens for you, not to you kind of deal. So, yeah, uh, definitely. And in falling in love with John, were there moments where you kind of had to talk yourself through like, no, like this is, this is, this is secure. Like, um, any moments where you're, where you like had a little like freak out, uh, oh, I asked girl. for personal reasons, girl, <laughs> still going through the dating situation. <laughs> I still have freak outs. Are you kidding me? Like this is 30 years of, trauma that, you know, you basically relive in your mind over and over and over again, all you can think about is being left. You know, you have those abandonment issues. Those are deep seated and deep rooted in you. And you need, there's a lot of work that you need to do to get past that. And it's something that I've shared with him before. So it's, yes, there have been moments, but it's having a partner that understands those challenges that you have. So I'm very open about my anxieties. He's, it's no, you can't hide a panic attack. That stuff just kind of <laughs> happens. And, you know, the abandonment and, you know, he's met my family. So he has a very good idea of what it is that I'm dealing with. And I also do the same for him. You know, he's, he's a saint in the sense that he understands my past as best he can. He empathizes as best as he can. And when I do have these moments, it's one of, it's, the masculine coming into the relationship where he creates that stability and security to allow me to be in my feminine and cause those waves and the ruckus and be free and create and, you know, just be in my feminine. I feel like when I was dating before, I would jump into the masculine mm -hmm. and call the shots, make the plans and do all of these things. Whereas this is such an alpha above my alpha female that I'm allowed to be my, my, in, in my feminine. And you just, 
honestly find somebody that is the masculine above your feminine and that allows you to sit back and feel comforted. That's really what it was. I felt home. I felt safe. I felt the way I'd never felt with anybody in my whole life before. And that comes from someone who can give that to you. Somebody who's available to give that to you and someone that you end up trusting, you know, I mean, I'm not saying give your trust right away or whatever you feel comfortable with, but step into allowing it. Don't jump into the masculine, be feminine. And if they don't step into their masculine and you have a prominent feminine energy, move on to the next person. Because if you want, if you want an alpha, you got to let them be the alpha. Yes. Yes. But not when they, if, if they're not, they're not the right person. You know, there's some people who just right. not, aren't able to handle like such an independent, strong woman. This um, is true. And you it doesn't mean that you shrink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, never shrink. There's someone that is, I'm telling you, like there's someone that will level up on your masculine. And if they don't, don't jump into the masculine. You'll never be happy. At the end of the day, the relationship will end. Again, it will teach you a lesson, but it might be the less, same lesson over and over again. And that is to check out this book. It's um, How to Get to I Do. For any of you ladies out there that are wondering if you're masculine or fem- feminine, it'll explain to you which energy that you step into in a relationship so that you can put your best foot forward when you're dating in the future. For every 20-something listening right now, just to let you know, if you want to find your soulmate, your French man, listen, <laughs> you want to read this book, How to Get to I Do. <laughs> Thank you, Samantha. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I want to jump to the most important part of this conversation, which is your passion and your business that you are starting. I want to hear all about it and just share with us, you know, like what is Conscious Basket? Tell us why are you passionate about it and um, how can people find you? Yeah. Um, so Conscious Basket is a two-sided marketplace, which means that there's buyers and sellers on the marketplace. So it's kind of like Etsy. So Etsy has their small business craft shops, and then you can go on and shop at all the shops. Think of it as a, a global mall. And the premise of it initially was I want to have everything be plant-based because I'm plant-based personally. And I feel like there's a huge impact on the planet, our health, lowering suffering for others and uh, for animals, if everyone were to contribute to that, that cause. But as I went down the rabbit hole of the supply chain and understanding, there's so many other things that you can help with that it's outside of just being plant-based because plant-based doesn't take in consideration fair trade, fair wages. So I went down this huge rabbit hole of this supply chain and how it's so anonymous right now. Like for example, if you have hand lotion, like what ingredients are in here? Like what do these ingredients mean? Where did they come from? How is the packaging created? What is it recyclable? What happens after the package is done? Like does it get recycled? Like, how are we tracking all this? So my idea is for every product, what we can do is a small business owner, they come in, it's for sustainable products. I'm not going to have like Coca-Cola on there talking about, you know, soda, but <laughs> what we want to do, I mean, unless you can have, you can be a soda company, but be sustainable. Right. So let's say we have a, let's a candle making company. They say that they're vegan, cruelty-free, 
um, no palm oil, fair trade, and then down to the raw materials and the origin of the goods. We want to be able to trace every single thing so that there's complete transparency. And then with this transparency, we're going to create a score based on the product. So you as a consumer, Elizabeth, if you were to buy this product, you could say, I saved 10 gallons of water for animal lives. I gave fair wage to 10 people. I supported a female owned business, you know, all of the things that matter to you so that you're supporting businesses that align with your ethical and, you know, all of the values that you have. And then you're also encouraged to work with people who also have the same values as you. So obviously I'm like very excited about it. It to me is my, contribution to the world. It is what is going to, it's in my opinion, going to change how consumers interact with their suppliers and how consumers are educated. Because based on my research, the craziest fucking thing blew my mind. When people think of sustainability, most North Americans only think of recycling. But so I was like, oh my gosh, it's so ridiculous. But then at the same time, what education is out there? How are people Mm -hmm. taught? What sustainability is right because it's you could be greenwashed where it's like this is clean it's like what does that mean so creating all of this transparency around something as simple as one candle to you know something as big as like your entire outfit you can say this came from this village in this country i paid fair wage and I feel good about what I'm buying and this is not weighing on my conscience. And then as a community on the website, so on the entire marketplace, we're going to know as a community based on how we produce and how we buy the impact that we're making in comparison to everyone else who just blindly does stuff. Oh, that is amazing. And talk about doing something that you can be proud of every day. Even just being a consumer on this marketplace, you get to be proud of the purchases that you're making and know where your money is going and the impact that you're making on the world. So what I love about your business is not only is it leading to like value alignment and purpose for you, but it also creates a space and a community for others to jump in and play a part in having their values aligned with their purchasing and be purpose-driven themselves. So I am so excited about this. I cannot wait to watch your journey, but where can everyone else watch if they don't know you personally in order to just learn more about Conscious Basket and get in tune with this value-driven purchasing and living a more intentional consumer life? (laughs) Yeah. um, So I have an Instagram, a Twitter, and a Facebook. It's just at Conscious Baskets. You can find us anywhere there. And then uh, we're launching a podcast slash YouTube channel. So I'll be posting this episode as well. And um, that's also just Conscious Basket um, YouTube. And we'll have a website, www.consciousbasket.com. So luckily um, on the trademarking side, we got (laughs) very lucky with the name. We're able to claim all social media, all websites, everything um, with conscious basket. So if you're looking for us, it's very easy. Um, And if you're an interested supplier, let's say you're listening here today and you're like, Hey, I would love for people to know how hard I work. I want people to know my name. I want people to know my story on the supplier side. We're actually creating a profile for you where you can show okay, I'm going to do an interview with you. We're going to talk about the product, your passion, why you do what you do every day. We're going to trace back your supply chain and give a very cinematic feel to why you show up every day. I'm showing up every day because you show up each day and I'm 
really excited to give you the platform to tell everyone your story and have a direct relationship with your consumer. So if you feel in, interested in that, let me know. And then for on the other side, if you want to do any affiliate marketing and, you know, be a part of the products that we are supporting, we're going to do some affiliate marketing upcoming soon. So Wonderful. Give us a a holler. (laughs) Wonderful. And so I want to close out this episode just with some advice from you. Um, You have successfully broken the golden handcuff, so to speak, you know, getting out of the corporate world, following your passion and also falling in love. I'd love (laughs) to hear from you. What advice do you have for somebody who might be stuck in work that they are not they are not passionate about, that is dragging them down, that they feel like they're constantly in winter. What is your advice for them to break the golden handcuffs and successfully just jump out into this world of either entrepreneurship or finding more purpose-driven work? What could we leave them with as action items or um, just words of wisdom as they go on this journey? That's a really good question. So for those of you out there in winter um, <laughs> or anybody, really, you don't have to be in winter. Sometimes you're in summer on the high of high and you're like, I'm still not happy. Like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. The, the advice that I have for everybody out there is, and don't let anyone tell you differently. You can have it all. Mm-hmm. You can have it all. And you know why you can have it all? Because you believe you can have it all. You show up for you, like I mentioned earlier, and when you are catch yourself in those win- in the winter, sit with the winter because when you're in the summer, you're like, oh, this sucks, but things are still oh good, you know, things are good. Um, I talk about life being on waves a lot. So you have your personal wave, your health wave, your professional, you know, family, all that. Sometimes all of your waves crash at once, and you're just in despair, and you feel like there's nothing more for you out there. When you're in that moment, think about what is not working. Why is this not working? What patterns and old programming are you still tapping into that get you into this place that you end up in this winter and it's the same winter Mm. every time. And you're just like, why do I keep ending up here? I'm so depressed. I'm so sad. I'm so anxious. I feel like I have no purpose, not fulfilled, but Hey, I'm hit president's club for sales. Right? (laughs) So, you know, when you sit in those, sit in the winter, act in the winter, act. You set those big, you know, attainable goals and you want to think about like, okay, I in this moment wish that I had my own business. I in this moment wish that I was working for a nonprofit where, you know, I could be the executive director or Mm -hmm. even if it's that you're, you know, your own, there's entrepreneurs in, you know, corporate America too. You don't have to have your own business to act like a boss. Yes. You show up for you the way is right. That's right for you. But you can have it all. Don't let anybody fucking tell you anything differently. And if they're telling you you can't have it all, that's because they believe they can't. You believe mm-hmm. you can. And guess what? You'll have what you want. I thoroughly believe that and meditate on it because when you meditate, you set the intention. It's weird what happens. Oh, so many gems there. And I think my favorite one is like, when you are in rock bottom, learn from rock bottom, build a plan and get yourself out of there. Realize the patterns. You know, that is what this show is all about is recognizing the patterns in our lives, 
figuring out how to start to overcome them and be more aware of them. Not saying that we are ever going to become perfect or completely break the chains, but how do we get closer and closer to embracing our full passion and our full potential and getting to that place where we truly do feel like we have it all. So Thank you so much, Sam. Like I cannot explain the amount of impact that you have had on my life personally up until this point. I'll never forget Thank you. the day that we were just like talking on your rooftop and you told me <laughs> like, Elizabeth, like there will be bricks and there will be feathers in your life. And it's okay to like lift up a feather, but don't let bricks, don't carry around a bag of bricks. And we're not going to be able to go into that story, but I just want to leave everyone with that. Like Sam is somebody that that you should follow, that you should be in tune with her story because she's changing lives. And I don't even think that she knows it. And that is like so impactful and so incredible. The amount of stories that other people have about her and the ways that they have, the ways that she has impacted them are inamountable. So Thank you so much, Sam, for jumping on here today. I am so excited to get this episode out and just so excited to watch your journey. Thank you for having me, Elizabeth. It was so fun. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening today. And if you have any questions, feel free to send them over to me. Um, You can follow me at Life of EP on Instagram and on Twitter, um, or you can come to my website at startwithep.com. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. As always, any books, links, or resources that were mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes for you to access. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment. We would love to hear from you. Or feel free to send us a direct message on Instagram at Elevate Potential Podcast if you would like to be a guest on this show. Finally, please subscribe and download episodes in order to support the community that we are creating of people who are working to elevate their potential together. Until next time.